Part three of the Song of Hugh Glass by John Nyhart. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nathan at AntipodeanWriter.wordpress.com. The Song of Hugh Glass by John Nyhart. Part three The Crawl. Straight away. Beneath the flare of dawn the reeland lay, and through it ran the short trail to the goal. Thereon a grim turnpikeman waited toll, but twas so doomed that southering geese should flee nine times ere yet the vengeance of the ree should make their foe the haunter of a tale. Midway to safety on the northern trail, the scoriac region of a hell burned black forbade the crawler, and for all his lack. Hugh had no heart to journey with the sons, no suppliant unto those faithless ones should bid for pity at the bighorn's mouth. The greater odds for safety in the south allured him, so he felt the midday sun blaze down the coulee of a little run that dwindled upward to the watershed whereon the feeders of the morrow head scarce more than deep-carved runes of vernal rain. The trailing leg was like a galling chain and bound him to a doubt that would not pass, defiant clumps of thirst in bittered grass, that bit parched earth with bared and fang-like roots. Dwarf thickets, jealous for their stunted fruits, harsh-tempered by their disinheritance, these symbolised the enmity of chance for him who, with his fate unreconciled, equipped for travel as a weanling child, essayed the journey of a mighty man. Like agitated oil the heat-waves ran, and made the scabrous gulch appear to shake as some reflected landscape in a lake, where lagged breezes move. A taunting reek rose from the grudging seepage of the creek, whereof Hugh drank and drank and still would drink, and where the mottled shadow dripped as ink from scanty thickets on the yellow glare. The crawler faltered, with no heart to dare again the torture of that toil, until the master thought of vengeance woke the will to goad him forth, and when the sun quiesced amid ironic heavens in the west the region of false friends, Hugh gained a rise, whence to the fading cincture of the skies a purpling panorama swept away, scarce farther than a shout might carry lay the place of his betrayal. He could see the yellow blotch of earth where treachery had digged his grave, O futile wrath and toil, tucked in beneath yon coverlet of soil, turned back for him, how soundly had he slept. Fool, fool, to struggle, when he might have crept so short a space, yet farther than the flight of swiftest dreaming through the longest night, into the quiet house of no false friend. Alas for those who seek a journey's end, they have it ever with them like a ghost, nor shall they find who deem they seek it most, but crave the end of human ends as Hugh. Now swoopingly, the world of dream broke through the figured wall of sense. It seemed he ran, as wind above the creeping ways of man, and came upon the place of his desire, where burned far luring, as a beacon fire, the face of Jamie, but the vengeful stroke bit air, the darkness lifted like a smoke, and it was early morning. Gazing far, from where the west yet kept pallid star, to thinner sky where dawn was wearing through, Hugh shrank with dread, reluctant to renew the war with that serene antagonist. More fearsome than a smashing iron fist seemed that vast negativity of might, until the frustrate vision of the night came moonwise on the gloom of his despair, 
and lo the foe was nought but yielding air a vacancy to fill with his intent so from his spacious bed he rose and went three-footed and the vision goaded him all morning southward to the bare sky rim the rugged coulee zigzagged mounting slow and ever as it rose the lean creek's flow dwindled and dwindled steadily until at last a scooped-out basin would not fill and thenceforth twas a way of mocking dust but in that hue still kept the driving lust for vengeance this new circumstance of fate served but to brew more venom for his hate and nerved him to avail the most with least ere noon the crawler chanced upon a feast of bread-root sunning in a favoured drawer a sentry gopher from his stronghold saw some three-legged beast bear-like yet not a bear with quite misguided fury digging where no hapless brother gopher might be found and while with striped nose above his mound the sentinel chirped shrilly to his clan scare tales of that anomaly the man devoured the chance-flung manner of the plains that some vague reminiscence of old rains kept succulent despite the burning drouth so with new vigour hugh assailed the south his pockets laden with the precious roots against that coming traverse where no fruits of herb or vine or shrub might brave the land spread roof-like twixt the morrow and the grand the coulee deepened yellow walls flung high sheer to the ragged strip of blinding sky dazzled and sweltered in the glare of day capricious draughts that woke and died away into the heavy drowse were breathed as flame and midway down the afternoon hugh came upon a little patch of spongy ground his thirst became a rage he gazed around seeking a spring but all about was dry a strewn bones bleaching to a desert sky nor did a clawed hole bought with needed strength return a grateful ooze and when at length hugh sucked the mud he spat it in disgust it had the acrid tang of broken trust the sweetish tepid taste of feigning love still hopeful of the spring somewhere above he crawled the faster for his taunted thirst more damp spots no less grudging than the first occurred with growing frequence on the way until amid the purple wane of day the crawler came upon a little pool clear as a friend's heart twas and seeming cool a crystal bowl whence skyey deeps looked up so might a god set down his drinking cup charged with a distillation of hoart skies as famished horses thrusting to the eyes parched muzzles take a long sought water-hole hugh plunged his head into the brimming bowl as though to share the joy with every sense and lo the tang of that wide insolence of sky and plain was acrid in the draught how ripplingly the lying water laughed how like fine sentiment the mirrored sky one credence for a sink of alkali so with false friends and yet as may accrue from specious love some profit of the true one gift of kindness had the tainted sink stripped of his clothes hugh let his body drink at every thirsting pore through trunk and limb the elemental blessing solaced him nor did he rise till vague with stellar light the lone gulch buttressing an arch of night was like a temple to the holy ghost as priests in slow procession with the host a gusty breeze intoned now low now loud and now as to the murmur of a crowd yielding the dim-torched wonder of the nave aloft along the dusky architrave the wonder tale of drifting stars evolved and hugh lay gazing till the whole resolved into a haze it seemed 
that little jim had come to share a merry fire with him and there had been no trouble twixt the two and jamie listened eagerly while hugh essayed a tangled tale of bears and men breadroot and stars but ever now and then the shifting smoke-cloud dimmed the golden hair the leal blue eyes until with sudden flare the flame effaced them utterly and lo the gulch bank full with morning loath to go hugh lay beside the pool and pondered fate he saw his age-long pilgrimage of hate stretch out a fool's trail and it made him cringe for still amid the nightly vision's fringe his dull wit strayed companioned with regret but when the sun a tilted cauldron set upon the gulch rim poured a blaze of day he rose and bathed again and went his way sustaining wrath returning with the toil at noon the gulch walls hewn in lighter soil fell back and coolies dense with shrub and vine climbed zigzag to the sharp horizon line whence one might choose the pilotage of crows he laboured upward through the noonday doze of breathless shade where plums were turning red entangled bowers and grapevines overhead purpled with fruit to taunt the crawler's thirst with little effort hugh attained the first the latter bargained sharply ere they sold their luscious clusters for the hoarded gold of strength that had so very much to buy now having feasted it was sweet to lie beneath a sunproof canopy and sleep came swiftly hugh awakened to some deep star snuffing well of night while he lay and wondered what had happened to the day and where he was and what were best to do but when fog-like the drowse dispersed he knew how far the rim above the plain stretched far to where the evening and the morning are and that twere better he should crawl by night sleep out the glare with groping hands for sight skyward along the broken steep he crawled and saw at length immense and purple walled or sensed the dusky mystery of plain gazing aloft he found the capsized wain in mid plunge down the polar steep thereto he set his back and far ahead there grew as some pale blossom from a darkling root the star-blanched summit of a lonely boot and thitherward he dragged his heavy limb it seemed naught moved time hovered over him an instant of incipient endeavour twas ever thus and should be thus for ever this groping for the same armful of space an insubstantial essence of one place extentless on a weird frontier of sleep sheer deep upon unfathomable deep the flood of dusk bore down without a sound as ocean on the spirits of the drowned awakened headlong leagues beneath the light so lapsed the drowsy eon of the night a strangely tensile moment in a trance and then as quickened to somnambulance the heavens imperceptibly in motion were altered as the upward deeps of ocean diluted with a seepage of the moon the boot-top later gossamer balloon in mid-air tethered hovering grew down and rooted in a blear expanse of brown that lifting slowly with the ebb of night took on the harsh solidity of light and day was on the prairie like a flame scarce had he munched the hoarded roots when came a vertigo of slumber snatchy dreams of sick pools inaccessible cool streams lured on through giddy vacancies of heat in swooping flights now hills of roasting meat made savoury the oven of the world yet kept remote peripheries and whirled about a burning centre that was hue then all were gone save one and it turned blue and was a heap of cool and luscious fruit until at length he knew it for the boot now mantled with the weaving of the gloam 
it was the hour when cattle straggle home across the clearing in a hush of sleep they saunter lowing loiter belly deep amid the lush grass by the meadow stream how like the sound of water in a dream the intermittent tinkle of yon bell a windlass creaks contentment from a well and cool deeps gurgle as the bucket sinks now blowing at the trough the plough team drinks the shaken harness rattles sleepy quails call far the warm milk hisses in the pails there in the dusky barn lot crickets cry the meadow twinkles with the glowing fly one hears the horses munching at their oats the green grows black a veil of slumber floats across the haunts of home enamoured men some freak of memory brought back again the boyhood world of sight and scent and sound it perished and the prairie ringed him round blank as the face of fate in listless mood hugh set his face against the solitude and met the night the new moon low and far a frail cup tilted nor the high-swung star it seemed might glint on any stream or spring or touch with silver any toothsome thing the coyote voiced the universal lack as from another fire the plain gave back the swelter of the noon glare to the gloom in the hot hush hugh heard his temples boom thirst tortured motion was a languid pain why seek some further nowhere on the plain here might the coyotes feast as well as there so spoke some loose-lipped spirit of despair and still he moved volitionless a weight submissive to that now unconscious hate as darkling water to the hidden moon and when the night wore on in middle swoon the crawler roused from stupor was aware of some strange alteration in the air to breathe became an act of conscious will the starry waste was ominously still the far-off coyote's yelp came sharp and clear as through a tunnel in the atmosphere a ponderable resonating mass the limp leg dragging on the sun-dried grass produced a sound unnaturally loud cranched panting hugh looked up but saw no cloud an oily film seemed spread upon the sky now dully staring as the open eye of one in fever gasping choked with thirst a childish rage assailed hugh and he cursed twas like a broken spirit's outcry tossed upon hell's burlesque sabbath for the lost and briefly space seemed crowded with the voice to wait and die to move and die what choice hugh chose not yet he crawled though more and more he felt the futile strife was nearly o'er and as he went a muffled rumbling grew more felt than heard for long it puzzled hugh somehow twas coextensive with his thirst yet boundless swollen blood veins ere they burst might give such warning so he thought and still the drone seemed heaping up a phonic hill that towered in a listening profound then suddenly a mountain peak of sound came toppling to a heaven jolting fall the prairie shuddered and a raucous drawl ran far and perished in the outer deep as one too roughly shaken out of sleep hugh stared bewildered still the face of night remained the same save where upon his right the moon had vanished neath the prairie rim then suddenly the meaning came to him he turned and saw athwart the northwest sky like some black eyelid shutting on an eye a coming night to which the night was day star-hungry ranged in regular array the lifting mass assailed the dragon's lair submerged the region of the hounded bear out topped the tall ox-driver and the pole and all the while there came a low-toned roll less sound in air than tremor in the earth from where like flame upon a windy hearth 
Deep in the further murk sheet lightning flared, And still the southern arc of heaven stared, A half shut eye, near blind with fever rheum, And still the plain lay tranquil as a tomb, Wherein the dead reek not a menaced world. What turmoil now? Lo, ragged columns hurled pell-mell up stellar slopes, Swift blue fires leap above the wild assailants of the steep. Along the solid rear a dull boom runs, So light horse squadrons charge beneath the guns. Now once again the night is deathly still. What ghastly peace upon the zenith hill, No longer starry, not a sound is heard. So poised the hush, it seems a whispered word Might loose all noises in an avalanche. Only the black mass moves, and far glooms blanch with fitful flashes. The capricious flare reveals the boot top tall and lonely there, like some grey prophet contemplating doom. But hark, what spirits whisper in the gloom? What sibilation of conspiracies ruffles the hush? Or murmuring of trees, ghosts of the ancient forest, rolled rain in some hallucination of the plain, a frustrate phantom warning all around. That ever-evolving, never-resolving sound gropes in the stifling hollow of the night. Then once, twice, thrice, a blade of blinding light ripped up the heavens, and the deluge came. A burst of wind and water, noise and flame, that hurled the watcher flat upon the ground. A moment past, Hugh, famished, now half-drowned, he gasped for a breath amid the hurtling drench. So might a testy god long sought to quench a puny thirst, pour wassail, hurling after the crashing bowl with wild, sardonic laughter to see man wrestle with his answered prayer. Prone to the roaring floor and ceaseless flare, the man drank deeply with the drinking grass until it seemed the storm would never pass but raven down the painted murk for aye. When had what dreamer seen a glaring day and leagues of prairie pantingly a quiver? Flame, flood, wind, noise, and darkness were a river tearing a cosmic channel to no sea. The tortured night wore on. Then suddenly peace fell. Remotely the retreating wrath trailed dull, reluctant thunders in its path, and up along a broken stair of cloud the dawn came creeping whitely like a shroud. Grey vapours clung along the sudden plain, uprose the sun to wipe the final stain of fury from the sky and drink the mist against a flawless arch of amethyst the boot soared like a soul serene and white because of the catharsis of the night all day hugh fought with sleep and struggled on south eastward for the heavy heat was gone despite the naked sun the blank northwest breathed coolly and the crawler thought it best to move while yet each little break and hollow and shallow basin of the bison wallow begrudged the earth and air its dwindling store but now that thirst was conquered more and more he felt the gnaw of hunger like a rage and once from dozing in a clump of sage alone jack rabbit bounded as a flame hope fled in hue until the memory came of him who robbed a sleeping friend and fled then hate and hunger merged the man saw red and momently the hare and little jim were one blurred mark the murder unto him elusive taunting sweet to clutch and tear the rabbit paused to scan the crippled bear that ground its teeth as though it chewed a root but when in witless rage hugh drew his boot and hurled it with a curse the hare loped off its critic ears turned back as though to scoff at silly brutes that threw their legs away night like a shadow on enduring day swooped by 
the dream of crawling and the act were phases of one everlasting fact he woke and he was doing what he dreamed the boot outstripped at eventide now seemed intent to follow ever now and then the crawler paused to calculate again what deer bought yawn of distance dwarfed the hill close in the rear it soared a titan still whose hand in pocket saunter kept the pace distinct along the southern rim of space a low ridge lay the crest of the divide what rest and plenty on the other side through what lush valleys ran what crystal brooks and there in virgin meadows wayside nooks with leaf and purple cluster dulled the light all day it seemed that distant pisgah height retreated and the tall boot dogged the rear at eve a striped gopher chirping near gave hugh an inspiration now at least no thieving friend should rob him of a feast his great idea stirred him as a shout off came a boot a sock was ravelled out the coarse yarn fashioned to a running snare he placed about the gopher's hole with care and then withdrew to hold the yarn and wait the night-bound moments ponderous with fate crept slowly by the battered grey face leered in expectation down the grizzled beard ran slaver from anticipating jaws evolving twilight hovered to a pause the light wind fell again and yet again the man devoured his fancied prey and then within the noose a timid snout was thrust his hand unsteadied with the hunger lust you jerked the yarn it broke down swooped the night a shadow of despair bleak height on height it seemed a sheer abyss enclosed him round clutching a strand of yarn he heard the sound of some infernal turmoil under him grimly he strove to reach the ragged rim that snared a star until the skyey space was darkened with a roof of jamie's face and then the yarn was broken and he fell a tumble like a stricken bat his yell woke hordes of laughers down the giddy yawn of that black pit and suddenly twas dawn dream dawn dream noon dream twilight yet possessed by one stern dream more clamorous than the rest hugh headed for a gap that notched the hills where through a luring murmur of cool rills a haunting smell of verdure seemed to creep by fits the wild adventure of his sleep became the cause of all his waking care and he complained unto the empty air how jamie broke the yarn the sun and breeze had drunk all shallow basins to the lees but now and then some gully choked with mud retained a turbid relict of the flood dream dawn dream noon dream night and still obsessed by that one dream more clamorous than the rest hugh struggled for the crest of the divide and when at length he saw the other side twas but a rumpled waste of yellow hills the deep sunk wiser self had known the rills and nooks to be the factor of a whim yet had the pleasant lie befriended him and now the brutal fact had come to stare succumbing to a languorous despair he mourned his fate with childish uncontrol and nursed that deadly adder of the soul self-pity but the crows swoop down and feed aye batten on a thing that died of need a poor old wretch betrayed of god and man so peevishly his broken musing ran till glutted with the luxury of woe he turned to see the boot that he might know how little all his striving could avail against ill luck and lo a fingernail at arm length could blot it out of space a goading purpose and a creeping pace had dwarfed the titan in a haze of blue and suddenly new power came to hugh with gazing on his masterpiece of will so fair the wise on pisgah down the hill unto the higher vision consecrate now sallied forth the new triumvirate a weariness a hunger 
and a glory gainst tyrannic chance as in a story some higher hue observed the baser part so sits the artist throned above his art nor reeks the travail so the end be fair it seemed the wrinkled hells pressed into stare the arch of heaven was an eye gaze and as hugh went he fashioned many a phrase for use when by some friendly ember light his tale of things endured should speed the night and all this gloom grow golden in the sharing so wrought the old evangel of high daring the duty and the beauty of endeavour the privilege of going on for ever a victor in the moment ah but when the night slipped by and morning came again the sky and hill were only sky and hill and crawling but an agony of will so once again the old triumvirate a buzzard hunger and a viper hate together with the baser part of hugh went visionless that day the wild geese flew vague in a grey profundity of sky and on into the night their muffled cry haunted the moonlight like a far farewell it made hugh homesick though he could not tell for what he yearned and in his fitful sleeping the cry became the sound of jamie weeping measurably distant morning broke blear chilly through a fog that drove as smoke before the booming northwest sweet and sad came creeping back old visions of the lad some trick of speech some merry little lilt the brooding blue of eyes too clear for guilt the wind-blown golden hair hate slept that day and half of hugh was half a life away a wandering spirit wistful of the past and half went drifting with the autumn blast that mourned among the melancholy hills for something of the lethargy that kills came creeping close upon the ebb of hate only the raw wind like the lash of fate could have availed to move him any more at last the buzzard beak no longer tore his vitals and he ceased to think of food the fighter slumbered and a maudlin mood foretold the dissolution of the man he sobbed and down his beard the big tears ran and now the scene is changed the bleak wind's cry becomes a flight of bullets snarling by from where on yonder summit skulk the rees against the sky in silhouette he sees the headstrong jamie in the leaden rain now serenely beautiful and slain the dear lad lies within a gusty tent thus vexed with doleful whims the crawler went adrift before the wind nor saw the trail till close on night he knew a rugged veil had closed about him and a hush was there though still a moaning in the upper air told how the grey winged gale blew out the day beneath a clump of brush he swooned away into an icy void and waking numb it seemed the still white dawn of death had come on this some cradle valley of the soul he saw a dim enchanted hollow roll beneath him and the brush thereof was fleece and like the body of the perfect peace that thralled the whole abode the break of day it seemed no wind had ever come that way nor sound dwelt there nor echo found the place and hugh lay lapped in wonderment of space vexed with a snarl whereof the ends were lost till shivering he wondered if a frost had fallen with the dying of the blast so vaguely troubled listlessly he cast a gaze about him lo above his head the grey-green curtain of his chilly bed was broidered thick with plums or so it seemed for he was half persuaded that he dreamed and with a steady stare he strove to keep that treasure for the other side of sleep returning hunger bade him rise in vain he struggled with a fine spun mesh of pain that trammelled him until a yellow stream of day flowed down the white veil of a dream and left it disenchanted in the glare 
and warmed and soothed you rose and feasted there and thought once more of reaching the morrow to southward with a painful pace and slow he went stiff-jointed with a gnawing ache in that hip wound he had for jamie's sake oft made him groan nor wrought a tender mood the rankling weapon of ingratitude was turned again with every puckering twinge far down the vale a narrow winding fringe of wilted green betokened how a spring there sent a little rill meandering and hugh was greatly heartened for he knew what fruits and herbs might flourish in the slough and thirst henceforth should torture not again so day on day despite the crawler's pain all in the windless golden autumn weather these two as comrades struggled south together the homeless greybeard and the homing rill and one was sullen with the lust to kill and one went crooning of the moon-wooed vast for each the many-fathomed peace at last but oh the boon of singing on the way so came these in the golden fall of day unto a sudden turn in the ravine wherefrom hugh saw a flat of cluttered green beneath the further bluffs of the moreau with sinking heart he paused and gazed below upon the goal of so much toil and pain yon green had seemed a paradise to gain the while he thirsted where the lonely boot looked far and saw no toothsome herb or fruit in all that yellow barren dim with heat but now the wasting body cried for meat and sickness was upon him game should pass nor dine to fear the mighty hunter glass but curiously sniffing paused to stare now while thus musing hugh became aware of some low murmur phasic and profound scarce risen over the border-line of sound it might have been the coursing of his blood or thunder heard remotely or a flood flung down a wooded valley far away yet that had been no well-breeding day twould frost that night amid the thirsty land all streams ran thin and when he pressed a hand on either ear the world seemed very still the deep-worn channel of the little rill here fell away to eastward rising rough with old rain furrows to a lofty bluff that faced the river with a yellow wall there too perplexed hugh set about to crawl nor reached the summit till the sun was low far spread shade dimpled in the level glow the still land told not whence the murmur grew but where the green strip melted into blue far down the winding valley of the stream hugh saw what seemed the tempest of a dream at mimic havoc in the timber glooms as from the sweeping of gigantic brooms a dust cloud deepened down the dwindling river on the distant tree-tops ran a shiver and huddled thickets writhed as in a gale on creeps the windless tempest up the vale the while the murmur deepens to a roar as with the wider yawning of a door and now the agitated green gloom gapes to belch a flood of countless dusky shapes that mill and wrangle in a turbid flow migrating myriads of the buffalo bound for the winter pastures of the platte exhausted faint with need of meat hugh sat and watched the mounting of the living flood down came the night and like a blot of blood the lopped moon weltered in the dust-bleared east sleep came and gave a barmecidal feast about a merry flame were simmering sweet haunches of the carving of the spring and tender tongues that never tasted snow and marrow-bones that yielded to a blow such treasure hugh awoke with gnashing teeth and heard the mooing drone of cows beneath the roll of hoofs the challenge of the bull 
so sounds a freshet when the banks of fallen bursting brush jams bellow to the croon of water through green leaves the ragged moon now drenched the valley in an eerie rain below the semblance of a hurricane above the perfect calm of brooding frost through which the wolves in doleful tension tossed from hill to hill the ancient hunger song in broken sleep hugh rolled the chill night long half conscious of the flowing flesh below and now he trailed a bison in the snow that deepened till he could not lift his feet again he battled for a chunk of meat with some grey beast that fought with icy fang and when he woke the wolves no longer sang white dawn athwart a white world smote the hill and thunder rolled along the valley still more wiping up the frost as with a sponge day on the steep and down the nightward plunge and twilight saw the myriads moving on dust to the westward where the van had gone and dust and muffled thunder in the east hugh starved while gazing on a titan feast the tons of beef that eddied there and swirled had stilled the crying hungers of the world yet not one little morsel was for him the red sun pausing on the dusty rim induced a panic aspect of his plight the herd would vanish and pass in the night and be another dream to cling and flout now scanning all the summit round about amid the rubble of the ancient drift he saw a boulder twas too big to lift yet he might roll it painfully and slow he worked it to the edge then let it go and breathlessly expectant watched it fall it hurtled down the leaning yellow wall and bounding from a brushy ledge's brow it barely gazed the buttocks of a cow and made a moment's eddy where it struck in peevish wrath hugh cursed his evil luck and seizing rubble gave his fury vent by pelting bison till his strength was spent so might a child assail the crowding sea then sick at heart and musing bitterly he shambled down the steep way to the creek and having stayed the tearing buzzard beak with breadroot and the waters of the rill slept till the white of morning over the hill was like a whisper groping in a hush the stream's low trill seemed loud the tumbled brush and rumpled treetops in the flat below upon a fog that clung like spectral snow lay motionless nor any sound was there no frost had fallen but the crystal air smacked of the autumn and a heavy dew lay hoar upon the grass there came on hugh a picture vivid in the moment's thrill of marshalled corn shocks marching up a hill and spiked fields dotted with the pumpkin's gold it vanished and a shiver with the cold he brooded on the mockeries of chance the shrewd malignity of circumstance that either gave too little or too much yet with the fragment of a hope for crutch his spirit rallied and he rose to go though each stiff joint resisted as a foe and that old hip wound battled with his will so down along the channel of the rill unto the vale below he fought his way the frore fog rifting in the risen day revealed the havoc of a living flood the river shallows beaten into mud the slender saplings shattered in the crush all lower leafage stripped the tousled brush despoiled of fruitage winter thin aghast and where the avalanche of hoofs had passed it seemed nor herb nor grass had ever been and this the hard-won paradise wherein a food-devouring plethora of food had come to make a starving solitude yet hope and courage mounted with the sun surely hugh thought some ill-begotten one of all that striving mass had lost the strife and perished in the headlong stream of life a feast to fill the bellies of the strong that still the weak might perish all day long he struggled down the stricken vale nor saw what thing he sought 
but when the twilight awe was creeping in beyond a bend arose a din as though the coyotes and the crows fought there with shrill and raucous battle cries small need had hugh to ponder and surmise what gird on beak and fang contended for within himself the oldest cause of war brought forth upon the instant fang and beak he too would fight nor had he far to seek amid the driftwood strewn about the sand for weapons suited to a brawny hand with such a purpose armed with club and stone he forged ahead into the battle zone and from a screening thicket spied his foes he saw a bison carcass black with crows and over it a welter of black wings and round about a press of tawny rings that like a muddy current churned to foam upon a snag flashed whitely in the gloam with naked teeth while close about the prize red beaks and muzzles bloody to the eyes betrayed how worth a struggle was the feast then came on hugh the fury of the beast to eat or to be eaten better so to die contending with a living foe than fight the yielding distance and the lack masked by the brush he opened the attack and ever where a stone or club fell true about the stricken one an uproar grew and brute tore brute forgetful of the prey until the whole pack tumbled in the fray with bleeding flanks and lacerated throats then as the leader of a host who notes the cannon wrought confusion of the foe you seized the moment for a daring blow the wolf's a coward who in goodly packs may counterfeit the courage that he lacks and with a craven's fury crush the bold but when the disunited mass that rolled in suicidal strife became aware how some great beast that shambled like a bear bore down with roaring challenge fell a hush upon the pack some slinking to the brush with tails a-droop while some that whined in pain writhed off on reddened trails with bristled mane before the flying stones a bolder few snarled menace at the foe as they withdrew to fill the outer dusk with clamourings aloft upon a moaning wind of wings the crows with harsh vituperative cries now saw a grey wolf of prodigious size devouring with the frenzy of the starved thus fell to hugh a bison killed and carved and so fate's whims mysteriously trend woe in the silken meshes of the friend wheel in the might and menace of the foe but with the fading of the afterglow the routed wolves found courage to return amid the brush hugh saw their eyeballs burn and well he knew how futile stick and stone should prove by night to keep them from their own better is less with safety than enough with ruin he retreated to a bluff and scarce had reached it when the pack swooped in upon the carcass all night long the din of wrangling wolves assailed the starry air while high above them in a brushy lair hugh dreamed of gnawing at the bloody feast along about the blanching of the east when sleep is weirdest and a moment's flight remembered coextensive with the night may teem with hapful years as light in smoke upon the jumble of hugh's dreaming broke a buzz of human voices once again he rode the westward trail with henry's men hoof smitten leagues consuming in a dust and now the nightmare of that broken trust was on him and he lay beside the spring a corpse yet heard the muffled parleying above him of the looters of the dead but when he might have riddled what they said the babble flattened to a blur of grey and lo upon a bleak frontier of day the spent moon staring down a little space 
he scrutinized the featureless white face as though twould speak but when again the sound grew up and seemed to come from underground he cast the drowse and peering down the slope beheld what set at grapple fear and hope three indian horsemen riding at a jog their ponies wading belly deep in fog that clung along the valley seemed to swim and through a thinner vapour moving dim the men were ghostlike could they be the sioux almost the wish became belief in hugh or were they rees as steadily the doubt withheld him from the hazard of a shout and while he followed them with baffled gaze grown large and vague dissolving in the haze they vanished westward knowing well the want of indians moving on the bison hunt forthwith you guessed the early riders were the outflung feelers of a tribe astir like some huge cat gone mousing so he lay concealed impatient with the sleepy day that dawdled in the dawning would it bring good luck or ill his eager questioning as crawling fog took on a golden hue from sunrise he was waiting for the sioux their parflesh panniers fat with sun-dried maize and wasna from the mint of evil days he would coin tales and be no begging guest about the tribal feast-fires burning west but kinsmen of the blood of daring men and when the crawler stood erect again o friend betrayer at the big horn's mouth beware of someone riding from the south to do the deed that he had lived to do now when the sun stood hour high in the blue from where a cloud of startled blackbirds rose downstream a panic tumult broke the doze of windless morning what unwelcome news embroiled the parliament of feathered shrews a boiling cloud against the sun they lower flackering strepent now a sooty shower big flaked squall driven westward down they flutter to set a clump of cottonwoods a sputter with cold black fire and once again some shock of sight or sound flings panic in the flock grey boughs exploding in a ruck of birds what augury in ornoscopic words did yon swart sibyls on the morning scrawl now broke abruptly through the clacking brawl a camp-dog's barking and a pony's neigh whereat a running nicker fled away attenuating to a rearward hush and lo inhaling distance round the brush that fringed a jutting bluff space like a beard upon a stubborn chin out thrust appeared a band of mounted warriors in their van aloof and lonely rode a gnarled old man upon a piebald stallion stooped was he beneath his heavy years yet haughtily he wore them like the purple of a king keen for a goal as from the driving string a barbed and feathered arrow truly sped his face was like a flinty arrow-head and brooded westward in a steady stare there was a sift of winter in his hair the bleakness of brown winter in his look hugh saw and huddled closer in his nook fled the bright dreams of safety feast and rest before that keen cold brooder on the west as gaudy leaves before the blizzard flee twas elk tongue fighting chieftain of the rear with all his people at his pony's tail full twoscore lodges emptied on the trail of hunger on they came in ravelled rank and many a haggard eye and hollow flank made plain how close and piteously pressed the enemy that drove them to the west such foemen as no warrior ever slew a tale of cornfields plundered by the sioux their sagging panniers told yet rich enough they seemed to him who watched them from the bluff yea pampered nigh the limit of desire no friend had filched from them the boon of fire and hurled them shivering back upon the beast erect they went 
full armed to strive at least and nightly in a cosy ember glow hope fed them with a dream of buffalo soon to be overtaken after that home with their pawny cousins on the plat much meat and merry-making till the spring undragged the rabble like a fraying string too tautly drawn the rich in ponies rode for much is light and little is a load among all heathen with no christ to save grey seekers for the yet begrudging grave bent with the hoeing of forgotten maize wood hewers water bearers all their days toiled neath the lifelong hoarding of their packs and nursing squaws their babies at their backs whining because the milk they got was thinned in dugs of famine strove as with a wind invincibly equipped with their first bows the striplings strutted knowing as youth knows how fair life is beyond the beckoning blue cold-eyed the grandsires plodded for they knew as frosted heads may know how all trails merge in what lone land raw maidens on the verge of some half-guessed-at mystery of life in wistful emulation of the wife stooped to the fancied burden of the race nor read upon the withered grandam's face the scrawled tale of that burden and its woe slant to the sagging poles of the travaux numb to the squaw's harsh railing and the goad the lean cayuses toiled and children rode atop the household plunder wonder-eyed to see a world flow by on either side from blue air sprung to vanish in blue air a river of enchantments here and there the campers loped upon a vexing quest where countless hooves had left a palimpsest a taunting snarl of broken sense and now they sniffed the clean bones of the bison cow howled the skies and now with manes are rough they nosed the man-smell leading to the bluff pause puzzled at the base and sweep the height with questioning yelps aloft crouched low in fright already hugh can hear the braves guffaws at their scorned foemen yielded to the squaws inverted mercy and a slow one grave since earth's first mother scolded from a cave and that dear riddle of her love began no man has wrought a weapon against man to match the deadly venom brood above the lean blue blinding heart-fires of her love well might the hunted hunter shrink aghast but thrice three seasons yet should swell the past so was it writ ere fate's keen harriers should run hugh glass to earth the hungry curs took up again the tangled scent of food still flowed the rabble through the solitude a thinning stream now of the halt the weak and all who had not very far to seek for that weird pass whereto the fleet are slow and out of it keen winds and numbing blow shrill with the fleeing voices of the dead slowly the scattered stragglers making head against their weariness as up a steep fled westward and the morning lay asleep upon the valley fallen wondrous still hugh kept his nook nor ventured forth until the high day toppled to a blue descent when thirst became a master and he went with painful scrambling down the broken scarp lured by the stream that like a smitten harp rippled a muted music to the sun scarce had he crossed the open flat and won the half-way fringe of willows when he saw slow plodding up the trail a tottering squaw whose years made big the little pack she bore crouched in the brush he watched her more and more the little burden tempted him why not a thin cry throttled in that lonely spot could bring no succour none should ever know save him the feasted coyote and the crow why one poor crone found not the midnight fire nor would the vanguard quick with young desire devouring distance westward like a flame regret this ash dropped rearward 
on she came slow-footed staring blankly on the sand so close now that it needed but a hand out thrust to overthrow her ay to win that priceless spoil a little tent of skin a flint and steel a kettle and a knife what did the dying with the means of life that thus the fit to live should suffer lack poised for the lunge what whimsy held him back why did he gaze upon the passing prize nor seize it did some gust of ghostly cries awaken round her whisperings of eld wraith voices of the babies she had held to plead for pity on her gravewood days far down a moment's cleavage in the haze of backward years hugh saw her now nor saw the little burden and the feeble squaw but someone sitting haloed like a saint beside a hearth long cold the dream grew faint and when he looked again the crone was gone beyond a clump of willow crawling on he reached the river leaning to a pool calm in its cup of sand he saw a fool a wild wry mask of mirth a grin yet grim rose there to claim identity with him and ridicule his folly pity for who pitied this that it should spare a squaw spent in the spawning of a scorpion brood he drank and hastened down the solitude fleeing that thing which fleared him and was hugh and as he went his self-accusing grew and with it anger till it came to seem that somehow some sly jamie of a dream had plundered him again and he was strong with lust of vengeance and the sting of wrong so that he travelled faster than for days now when the eve in many shaded greys wove the day's shroud and through the lower lands lean fog arms groped with chilling spirit hands he paused perplexed elusive haunting dim as though some memory that stirred in him invasive of the real outgrew the dream there came upon the breeze that stole up a stream a whiff of wood smoke twixt a beat and beat of hugh's deluded heart it seemed the sweet allure of home a brief way and one came upon the clearing where the sumac flame ran round the forest fringe and just beyond one saw the slough grass nodding in the pond unto the sleepy troll the bullfrog sung and then one saw the place where one was young the log-house sitting on a stumpy rise half lit within its windows were as eyes that love much and are faded with old tears it seemed regretful of a life's arrears yet patient with a self-denying poise like some old mother for her bearded boys waiting sweet-hearted and a little sad so briefly dreamed a recrudescent lad beneath grey hairs and fled through chill and damp still groped the odour hinting at a camp a two-tongued herald wooing hope and fear was hospitality or danger near a sioux war party hot upon the trail or laggard rees hugh crawled across the vale toiled up along a zigzag gully's bed and reached a bluff's top in a smudge of red the west burned low while summits yet alight and pools of gloom anticipating night mottled the landscape to the dull blue rim what freak of fancy had imposed on him could one smell home smoke fifty years away he saw no fire no pluming spire of grey rose in the dimming air to woo all worn he lay upon the bare height fagged forlorn and old times came upon him with the creep of subtle drugs that put the world to sleep and wreak doom to the soothing of a dream so listlessly he scanned the sombrous stream scarce seeing what he scanned the dark increased a chill wind wakened from the frowning east and soughed along the vale then with a start he saw what broke the torpor of his heart and set the wild blood free from where he lay an easy point-blank rifle-shot away appeared a mystic germinating spark 
that in some secret garden of the dark upreared a frail blue nodding stem whereon a ruddy lily flourished and was gone what miracle was this again it grew the scarlet blossom on the stem of blue and withered back again into the night with pounding heart hugh crawled along the height and reached a point of vantage whence below he saw capricious witch-lights dim and glow like far-spent embers quickened in a breeze twas surely not a camp of lagged reeds nor yet of suan warriors hot in chase dusk and a quiet bivouacked in that place a doddering vagrant with numb hands the wind fumbled the dying ashes there and whined it was the day-old camp-ground of the foe glad-hearted now hugh gained the vale below keen to possess once more the ancient gift nearing the glow he saw vague shadows lift out of the painted gloom of smouldering logs distorted bulks that bristled and were dogs snarling at this invasion of their lair hugh charged upon them growling like a bear and sent them whining now again to view the burgeoning of scarlet gold and blue the immemorial miracle of fire from heaped-up twigs a tenuous smoky spire arose and made an altar of the place the sparklow faint upon the grizzled face transformed the kneeling outcast to a priest and native of the light begetting east the wind became a chanting acolyte these two entempled in the vaulted night breathed conjuries of interwoven breath then hark the snapping of the chains of death from dead wood lo the epiphanic god once more the freightage of the fennel rod dissolved the chilling pall of jovian scorn the wonder of the resurrection morn the face apocalyptic and the sword the glory of the many-symboled lord hugh lifting up his eyes about him saw and something in him like a vernal thaw voiced with the sound of many waters ran and quickened to the laughter of a man light-heartedly he fed the singing flame and took its blessing till a soft sleep came with dreaming that was like a pleasant tale the far white dawn was peering up the vale when he awoke to indolent content a few shorn stars in pale astonishment were huddled westward and the fire was low three scrawny campcurs mustered in a row beyond the heap of embers heads askew ears pricked to question what the man might do sat wistfully regardant he arose and they grown canny in a school of blows skulked to a safer distance there to raise a dolorous chanting of the evil days their grey breath like the body of a prayer hugh nursed the sullen embers to a flare then set about to view an empty camp as once before but now no smoky lamp of blear suspicion searched a gloom of fraud wherein a smirking friendship like a board embraced a coward safety now no grief twixt hideous revelation and belief made womanish the man but glad to strive with hope to nerve him and a will to drive he knew that he could finish in the race the staring impassivity of space no longer mocked the dreadful skyward climb where distance seemed identical with time was past now and that mystic something luck without which worth may flounder in the ruck had turned to him again so flame-like sword rekindled hope in him as he explored among the ash-heaps and the lean dogs ran and barked about him for the love of man wistful yet fearing surely he could find some trifle in the hurry left behind or haply hidden in the trampled sand that to the cunning of a needy hand should prove the master key of circumstance for tis the little gifts of grudging chance well husbanded make victors long he sought without avail and crawling back he thought of how the dogs were growing less afraid and how 
one might be skinned without a blade a flake of flint might do it he would try and then he saw or did the servile eye trick out a mental image like the real he saw a glimmering of wetted steel beside a heap now washed with morning light scarce more of marvel and the sense of might moved arthur when he reached a hand to take the fay-wrought brand emerging from the lake whereby a kingdom should be lopped of strife then hugh now pouncing on a trader's knife worn hollow in the use of bounteous days and now behold a rich man by the blaze of his own hearth a lord of steel and fire not having but the measure of desire determines wealth who gaining more seek most are ever the pursuers of a ghost and lend their fleetness to the fugitive for hugh long goaded by the wish to live what gauge of mastery in fire and tool that twain wherewith time put the brute to school evolving man the maker and the seer twixt urging hunger and restraining fear the gaunt dogs hovered round the man while he cajoled them in the language of the re and simulated feeding them with sand until the boldest dared to sniff his hand bare-fanged and with conciliative whine through bristled mane the quick blade bit the spine below the skull and as a flame-struck thing the body humped and shuddered withering the lank limbs huddled wilted now to skin the carcass dig a hole arranged therein and fixed the pelt with stakes the flesh side up this done he shaped the bladder to a cup on willow withes and filled the rawhide pot with water from the river made it hot with roasted stones and set the meat a boil those days of famine and prodigious toil had wrought bulimic cravings in the man and scarce the cooking of the flesh outran the eating of it as a fed flame towers according to the fuel it devours his hunger with indulgence grew nor ceased until the kettle empty of the feast went dim the sky and valley merging swirled in subtle smoke that smothered out the world he slept and then as diverse mounting sunder a murmuring murk to blink him sudden wonder upon a dazzling upper deep of blue he rose again to consciousness and knew the low sun beating slantly on his face now indolently gazing round of the place he noted how the curls had revelled there the bones and entrails gone some scattered hair alone remaining of the pot of hide how strange he had not heard them at his side and granting but one afternoon had passed what could have made the fire burn out so fast had daylight waned night fallen morning crept noon blazed a new day dwindled while he slept and was the friend-like fire a jamie too across the twilight consciousness of hugh the old obsession like a wounded bird fluttered he got upon his knees and stirred the feathery ash but not a spark was there already with the failing sun the air went keen betokening a frosty night hugh winced with something like the clutch of fright how could he bear the torture how sustain the sting of that antiquity of pain rolled back upon him face again the foe that yielding victor fleet in being slow that huge impersonal malevolence so readily the tentacles of sense root in the larger standard of desire that hugh fell farther in the loss of fire than in the finding of it he arose and suddenly the place grew strange as grows a friend's house when the friend is on his bier and all that was familiar there and dear puts on a blank inhospitable look hugh set his face against the east and took that dreariest of ways the trail of flight he would outcrawl the shadow of the night and have the day to blanket him in sleep but as he went to meet the gloom a creep bemused with life's irrational rebuffs a yelping of the dogs among the bluffs rose hunger wetted stabbing rent the pall of evening silence 
blunted to a drawl amid the arid waterways and died and as the echo to the sound replied so in the troubled mind of hugh was wrought a reminiscent cry of thought to thought that groping found an unlocked door to life the dogs keen flint to skin one then the knife discovered why that made a flint and steel no further with the subtle foe at heel he fled for all about him in the rock to waken when the needy hand might knock a saviour slept he found a flake of flint scraped from his shirt a little wad of lint spilled on it from the smitten stone a shower of ruddy seed and saw the mystic flower that genders its own summer bloom anew and so capricious luck came back to hugh and he was happier than he had been since jamie to that unforgiven sin had yielded ages back upon the grand now he would turn the cunning of his hand to carving crutches that he might arise be manlike lift more rapidly the skies that crouched between his purpose and the mark the warm glow housed him from the frosty dark and there he wrought in very joyous mood and sang by fits whereat the solitude set laggard singers snatching at the tune the gaunter for their hunt the dogs came soon to haunt the shaken fringes of the glow and pitching voices to the timeless woe outwailed the lilting so the chorus sings of terror pity and the tears of things when most the doomed protagonist is gay the stars swarmed over and the front of day whitened above a white world and the sun rose on a sleeper with a task well done nor roused him till its burning topped the blue when hugh awoke there woke a younger hugh now half a stranger and twas good to feel with ebbing sleep the old green vigour steel thrilling along his muscles and his veins as in a lull of winter cleansing rains the grey bough quickens to the sap a creep it chanced the dogs lay near him sound asleep curled nose to buttock in the noonday glow he killed the larger with a well-aimed blow skinned dressed and set it roasting on a spit and when twas cooked ate sparingly of it for need might yet make little seem a feast fording the river shallows south by east he hobbled now along a withered rill that issued where old floods had gashed the hill a cyclopean portal yawning sheer no storm of countless hoofs had entered here it seemed a place where nothing ever comes but change of season he could hear the plums plash in the frosted thicket over lush while like a spirit lisping in the hush the crisp leaves whispered round him as they fell and ever now and then the autumn spell was broken by an ululating cry from far way back with muzzle to the sky the lone dog followed morning darkness came and huddled up beside a cosy flame Hugh's sleep was but a momentary flight across a little shadow into light so day on day he toiled and when afloat above the sunset like a stygian boat the new moon bore the sceptre of the old he saw a dwindling strip of blue outrolled the valley of the tortuous cayenne and ere the half-moon sailed the night again those far lone leagues had sloughed their garb of blue and dwindled 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 after hugh until he saw that titan of the plains the sinewy missouri dearth of rains had made the giant gaunt as he who saw this loud chain smasher of a late march thor seemed never to have bellowed at his banks and yet with staring ribs and hollow flanks the urge of an indomitable will proclaimed him of the breed of giants still and where the current ran a boiling track twas like the muscles of a mighty back grown atlantean in the wrestler's craft hugh set to work and built a little raft of driftwood bound with grapevines 
so it fell that one with an amazing tale to tell came drifting to the gates of gyre war end of part three recorded by nathan at antipodeanwriter dot wordpress dot com